Hey everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, C-W-O-W-I.org. We are a house church network. We celebrate the gathering of the saints by meeting in homes, and we rotate homes on a weekly basis who hosts that, that meeting, and we rotate who leads. Usually the host will also lead, but not always. And that way there's a core group of people who are used to hosting and leading. And when you outgrow the homes, then then you can multiply out because you've got a core group of people who are used to hosting and leading. And the balance is amazing. People want to know about how you stay balanced. Well, you're connected to each other. You're connected, you know, in, in a house church, if somebody starts getting goofy, then they're corrected by the rest of the body. And you're connected to the rest of the body of Christ anyway, the larger. So so it's balanced, uh, healthy, and unhealthy things work the, their way out or or uh, very quickly or the people leave one way or the other uh, because it's not a place to put your pet doctrine forward. You know, it's balance. So anyway, check it out, cwowi.org and our EU website, cwowi.eu. All right, today, part two, talking about the difficult decisions. You know, have you ever heard the expression, that's his cross to bear? It's usually spoken of talking about uh, a burden that one has. Somebody might look at, at Barb and I and, and look at our, our oldest son who's handicapped and you know, you know, the great time, expense, effort, everything else that goes into caring for him. And you say, well, that's your cross to bear. Or somebody may look at, you know, something they've got wrong physically or something that's going on and say, well, it's my cross to bear. Do you know that's not what Jesus said at all? And not what he meant. And it actually has to do with what we're talking about today, that is making difficult decisions. So let's look at this. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 and 17, Jesus has asked, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. And you are a little tiny stone. But upon this mountain, I'm going to build my church. That The mountain being the, the revelation from heaven that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I want to make that point clear that, that you know, Jesus did this a couple times with the guys, uh, you know, about don't get a big head, don't think too much of yourself. Because here he, he tells Peter, he says, you're Petros, you're just a little tiny stone. You're just Petros. So don't get a big head over this, that the Father's revealed this to you, that I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God. But on this mountain, Petra is the word Jesus used. On this mountain, Petra, I'm going to build my church. So it's not Peter, it is the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is the mountain upon which the church is built, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against that revelation from heaven. And this is an important lesson number one. If you have a revelation from heaven, hell cannot prevail against it. It's direct from the Father to you, and it can change your life. So immediately when Jesus starts uh, sharing with them about how, uh, acknowledging that Peter's correct, that he is the Christ, the Son, the living God. He starts sharing about the church. And then he says this. He says, you know, let these sayings sink into your ears. The Son of Man's going to go into town, be betrayed, and go to the cross and die. And Peter rebukes him for it. Now, it's interesting that Jesus waits until the revelation of who they are has come, of who he is, has come to them. And then he tells the Father's plans for going to the cross. So first comes the revelation. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then comes the revelation of the plans. 
And it is to that revelation that Jesus is going to the cross that Peter has a, a problem with. And Peter starts to rebuke Jesus. And Jesus recognizes that idea of not going to the cross is from Satan. And then Jesus says, if you want to, to have eternal life, you have to lay down your life and take up your cross and follow me. The cross that he's talking about there, folks, is changing the way you're thinking. That is a daily crucifixion of your thoughts versus God's thoughts. What Jesus told Peter is, you savor the things of man rather than the things of God. Now, the things of man are that the, the Jewish culture of the day was that the Messiah was coming and going to kick the Romans out and establish Israel as the premier nation in the earth again. And so that Jesus going to the cross was completely contrary to the way Peter had thought doctrinally all his life. And this is the way it happens, folks. This is the way the hard decisions make are made. You have a revelation from the Father, and then that challenges your thinking. And you have to change your thinking to fall in line with the revelation. You think, where, you know, how does this happen? What do we do? Well, consider, let's make it easy. Consider how you have investigated the doctrine of healing. You've investigated the doctrine of, of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. You've, you've learned all these things. You've learned, and there's revelation from the Father, and you have probably experienced some challenge, but a lot of it is just that you have, you've understood it, and you've received it, and you start changing your thinking that maybe healing is for me. Healing is today. Um, we think of it in terms of righteous. Wow, I, I'm, I was unrighteous, and now the Lord has made me righteous before him, and we start changing our thinking. But let's bring this down a level. Let's bring it down to your self-image. Let's say all your life you've hated yourself. You don't like your body. You don't like your face. Whatever the case is, you don't have a good self-image. In, in, down inside, you really don't like yourself. But you read in the New Testament, there's revelation there that the Father loves you, that Jesus loves you, that the Father sent his Son to die for you and be raised from the dead so that you can have everything that, that the Father God has for you. And you read in Ephesians 1.3 that you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. You read in Ephesians 2.6 that you're seated in the heavenly places in Christ in verse 7 so that in the ages to come, the Father can continue to show the riches of his kindness towards us. Amazing. And you start reading that and that challenges your thinking that you've had all your life about hating yourself. This is where you make the hard decision. This is where when a thought comes up about how you hate yourself, you counter it immediately with the revelation. No, that's not right. The father loves me. If the father loves me, then I can love me. The father, and you read from Ephesians one, that the father used Jesus to adopt you to himself. And, and you say, Oh, I hate myself. I, I don't like myself. I never liked it. It's like, no, 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 no. This says that the Father God has adopted you. You have been loved. You love him because he first loved you. And you accept that love and you start changing your thinking in terms of your self-image. Just like you did with healing, the doctrine of healing, just like you did with the doctrine of the baptism with the Holy Spirit, you receive revelation and you start changing your thinking. This is how you grow. This is how This is how a person grows. And it's not easy. That's why Jesus said, you've got to take up your cross and you've got to lay down your life. Your life is your old thoughts. You've got to lay down your old life. This is Matthew chapter 16. And you can look at it there in, from, uh, you know, chapter 17, all the way through verse 28. And, and realize that if you're going to change your life, you have to change your thinking first. And the way you change your thinking is you receive that revelation that's in the word. And then you can change your thinking and that'll change your life. You know, I get emails all the time from people who already 
have their preset opinions about the rapture, the coming of the Lord, the the anything with end times, the shape of the earth, uh, uh, whatever the case is, they have this preset idea and they just want to be an evangelist for their particular favorite doctrine or something. And it's like, well, there's no good, you know, use dialoguing with them because they're, it's like, don't confuse me with facts. My mind's already made up, you know? So it does no good to dialogue with such a person because they're not interested in learning anything. They just want to tell you how you're wrong or they want to tell you, you know, what they believe. But when you come to a true revelation from the Lord, it starts challenging your thinking. When you open yourself up to a revelation from the Father, you start getting challenged in what you believe. And that's what happened with Peter, is, is that he he's just a little stone. Jesus put him in his place. You're just a little Petros, just a little stone. But upon this mountain, I'm building my church. You want to be a part of it? That mountain is the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. You want to be part of it, Peter? Well, I've got to go to the cross to implement this. And Peter, it challenges him and he says, no way, this isn't going to be happening. And he had to realize when Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, because you savor the things of men, not the things of God. Peter had to realize, whoa, his old thoughts are demonic in nature. And so you have to look at that. I hate myself. That's demonic in nature. You know, I I, I hate others. I, I, I'm bitter. I'm, I'm full of unforgiveness, whatever. That's all, that's all yuck. That's all darkness. So what you have to do is get that revelation and then change the way you think. Another example of this is in First First Corinthians chapter three and verses three through fifteen, where uh, Paul says that they are carnal. They are so carnal they're living like they're not even born again. And he says how because you've got envy and jealousy and strifes among you. They had, they said oh I'm I'm from Paul or I'm of Apollos. And they're dividing into little groups and they're not accepting each other because they believe they follow Paul more than they follow Apollos. And, and Paul says this, you're living like you're not even born again. And he says, everybody receives the same foundation of Jesus Christ, but be careful how you build on that foundation. Some will build wood, hay, and stubble and others gold, silver, and precious stones. This is what Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 3 through 15. And so he tells them, if you don't deal with this envy and strife and jealousy and backbiting and, and dividing up into little groups and, and unfriending this little group and not being a part of that little group because they believe differently than you do, if you carry that with you into death, it's going to be wood, hay, and stubble that will be burned up before the Lord, but you will be saved. Verse 15 says you'll still be saved, but like somebody who's come through the fire. Well, folks, I want gold, silver, precious stones. I want to be cleansed. I want to purify my thoughts. And the way I do that is every time a thought comes up that is contrary to Scripture, that that is more my idea or somebody else's idea, then I go back to the revelation of Scripture that I know, and I and I crucify that old thought, and I I take the revelation and I make that revelation my thought. That's what Peter had to do. When he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, he had to make it become a part of him. And that means humbling yourself and accepting whatever God's will is for your life. And that's what Peter had to do. So the summary is this, the cross to bear is is the act of receiving revelation that challenges your old thinking and then changing your thinking to come in line with the revelation. You've done it already. 
with healing. When you studied out healing, decided healing is for today. Or the baptism with the Holy Spirit or water baptism or any of the other teachings of righteousness or eternal judgment or, or laying on of hands. And you've learned about it and you've adjusted your thinking. So do it with your self-image. Do it with envy, strife, and divisions. Do it with other things that people may challenge you on what you believe and why you believe it. And maybe somebody will present new light and greater light in that area and, and be open to that. Don't be challenged. Don't be threatened by people who believe differently than you do. If I did that, my, how am I going to grow? You have to read, you have to study, you have to, to look at, at, at what people believe and then let the revelation flow and filter through and say, okay, toss this, this is a man, this is a me. And you, you grow and learn by that. You're not threatened by somebody else's opinion or, or what they teach, but, but you're looking for your own revelation from the Father and then that will challenge your thinking and you'll lay down your life, you'll lay down your old thoughts and you'll receive his new life and new thoughts and you'll start renewing the mind and then you'll be able to walk out proving the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. That's where the hard decisions are. And that's the same, folks, with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, meekness, kindness from Galatians chapter 5. Verse, if you read the fruit works of the flesh in you know, 17, 18, 19, and then you go to the fruit of the Spirit in 22, 23, these things war against one another. But when you make the decision for love, you make the decision for joy. Example, James 1, verse 2. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations. And, and, and the word joy there does not mean be happy. It's not an emotion. When James says count it all joy, he's going back to the fruit of the Spirit. The one of the fruit of the spirits is love, joy, peace. Count it joy. Find when you're in the midst of difficulty, find that joy. Get alone with the Lord. Get in worship. Let him give that revelation to you. Let him give that peace to you, that revelation, and then adjust your thinking to how you're going to get through this difficult time, that the Father will always be there. He's always been there. And you adjust your thinking to that peace, to that revelation, to that joy in the midst of consistent of the trial. And then you can be consistent all the way through it. All right. The, you get the idea. You're crossed a bear. It is that of the continual process of learning new things and being challenged by the revelation from the Father and then adjusting your thoughts to give up your old thoughts in favor of submitting yourself to the thoughts of God, the revelation of God, and you'll change your life. All right, God bless. C-W-O-W-I dot O-R-G.